It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Absolutely gorgeous Thursday afternoon. As always, I hope your day has been a great one. And for the Laugh Back crew out there who's listening right now, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Hopefully, you've gone out and done your good deed for today. Another exciting show is ahead of us. Some great guests coming on. Uh, Denver sportscaster Dick Lombardi, uh, Vic Lombardi, excuse me, will be joining us later in the program. But right now, have two-time pro bowler for both the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals joining the program. Ladies and gentlemen, Delta O'Neal Delta, thanks for jumping on with us, man. Uh, what's up, Nick? Thanks for having me, man. N- n- no problem. Now, now I'm going to jump into it right away. Now, yesterday <laughs> there was the whole Pro Bowl uh, selection process where uh, the, the NFL decided, hey, listen, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to try to spice the game up and bring the viewers back to the ball game. And they decided to get both Hall of Famer Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders to do what they do normally at the collegiate level when the guy's trying to get into the NFL during a two-day draft. Now, it had a lot of flair as far as the drama, the intrigue, players sitting in the back room as they waited in anticipation to see if they were going to be selected. Now, as a two-time pro bowler yourself, what's your thought on the whole you know, new format of the NFL Pro Bowl? Well, you got two greats. You got two legends picking out talent throughout the NFL. That's a good thing. But, you know, uh, you, you, you go back to traditionally you do, you know, coach players and fans votes, you know, and sometimes, you know, the fans will kind of lean towards their favorite. And even though that player really didn't play all that well, he played okay, but not better than the next player that should have went. You know, it, it, it kind of, you know, it kind of sends a message, okay, at least, Great minds are putting, you know, put together that can choose a, a, a great team on both ends. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm forward, but being that it's Deion, he's my idol. You know, he was my role model growing up. You know, I I I trust his judgment because he taught me a lot going into the nine years that I played. You know, so and Jerry Rice, of course, you know Jerry Rice, Hall of Famer. You, you know, you can't knock his his expertise either, but. You know, traditionally, I, I like the older way, but let's see how it works out this year. But, but I, I know the whole thing with, uh, and and you're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, on Voice America Sports. I'm joined by two-time pro bowler and NFLer Delta O'Neal, and we're talking about uh, last night's Pro Bowl selection process, and do you like it? Do you not? You can hit us up at 888-346-888. 888-346-9144 gets you into the conversation. We want to hear what you have to say. I mean, I mean, Delta, I'm so used to the old NFC, AFC way of doing things. And not until, I believe, 1970s when the league decided to go away from the whole East-West thing and make it an AFC-NFC uh, game. But, but this is a game that over the past couple of years, the level of competition seeming, seemingly has just kind of 
falling off the map. You know, the guys are just out there. No one's really trying to play. I mean, when, when you were there, what did the coaches tell you guys in preparations for the game within itself? <laughs> man, that, the Pro Bowl, honestly, man, it's, it's, it's a way to vacation around your brotherhood of the NFL. Um, it, it's, it's basically like a gift to the, from the NFL for you to go that previous season if you excelled in you know, your position and you was chosen to go. It's really kickback family uh, family time. The only time it gets real serious is probably, I would say, you can either say the fourth quarter or about eight minutes left into the fourth quarter into the game. Then it gets kind of competitive because you get a check for, you know, if you lose and you get a check if you win. Now, if you win, check is a lot bigger. If you lose, <laughs> it, it, it's still a check, but, you know, that's the only thing people really fight for. They don't want to go out there and get hurt. You know, it, it is an all-star game, but then at the same time, that is not part of your contract. Your contract is to survive the game through August, you know, through January, not during the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl is just like an, a gift, I should say. But, yeah, it's, it's more laid back, man. Coaches, you know, they, they're having fun. I mean, sometimes you'll have a receiver trying to play DB or a DB trying to play receiver or, you know, vice versa, just just messing around. You know, I, when, when I went in the Oh six, Chad took Champ out of the game, and he got on defense and wanted to play corner because he always thought he could play corner, you know. And, and right. it's just fun, you know. You just have fun being out there. You're in a nice environment in Hawaii. You're enjoying yourself. It's beautiful weather, and in you know back home it's freezing cold, so you get to escape the madness and go to paradise, basically. And then you know enjoy that time for a week, week and a half, however long you want to stay out there, but. You know, it's it's a great time, great great time. So I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing what what goes down as far as uh, Jerry Rice and uh, and Dion Dix, you know, their picks for the Pro Bowl. I wonder if they're gonna have the well, same same thing about you know whoever's playing in the Super Bowl. Are they still gonna play? Are, 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 when, when is the uh, Pro Bowl? What date did they set it for? I think the the it's uh, upcoming. I think this is the upcoming week. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, oh, I, think yeah. it's up, I think it's upcoming week. And you have both Chuck Pagano and Ron Rivera actually being the head coaches of both teams. But I want to read to you. I got a couple of uh, emails and tweets that came in early. Uh, Don Mateo, at Don Mateo on Twitter said, no, he doesn't like the new Pro Bowl. He said, actually, it turned me off. And, you know, maybe I'm old school, but I want the old AFC, NFC. And, and we get this email from Wayne Goring from D.C. Thank you, Wayne Goring, from listening and Don Mateo. But Wayne had this to say. He said the process was a very interesting process, of course. I mean, it had a lot of drama to the whole situation. But he said, well, what happens when you have Patrick Peterson facing off against Larry Fitzgerald? And... The run you run the risk of one guy getting injured. What are the GMs really thinking with that when that actually takes place? I mean, does it still uh, sound like a great idea, or does it not? What do you think? I mean, uh, you know, you risk that factor when you're playing one-on-ones in practice, too. So, I mean, I, I doubt that Peterson's going to try to lay one on Fitzgerald, uh, you know, if he catches the ball, try to upside down him if he's in the air and trying to hurt him. You know, I, I doubt he would do that. But they still going to be competitive. So, I mean, you run that risk 
and practice every day because I'm pretty sure they grew up against each other in one-on-ones or seven-on-seven when, you know, the ones versus the ones, you have that a lot. And you run that risk all the time. So being that it is an actual game, I doubt they're going to be that competitive. I mean, they're going to be competitive. I doubt they're going to look like, okay, I'm trying to destroy you because you're my enemy. They look at, okay, this is just, you know, this is basically entertainment, I think. And, you know, let's just go ahead and go with it. May the best man win. I'm not going to try to hurt you. And I, I think that a lot of people are running away from that anyway as far as trying to hurt other players just because they don't want to get fined, you know, especially if you're playing on the same team. They're not going to risk that factor. So I doubt that can happen, you know. So I, I – but, but- well, I mean, I mean, the true nature of going to this format was to make the game seem a little more competitive than it was over or it's been over the past couple of years. And just like you said, I mean, I mean, there is no guarantee that Patrick Peterson, when facing off against Larry Fitzgerald, he's actually going to go out and try to be really competitive against his, his teammate because, you know, you have the, the injury factor, the fact of having to answer to your your, your team owner and your team president. So to me... I, I'm still, and I have to wait to see what the game is going to look like, but will the game still be competitive? And I think that's the biggest thing. Let's go back to the yeah. Pro Bowl just a little bit. I mean, when, when we talk about the Pro Bowl, it, it, it's, it's built as a peer recognition type of situation where the fans vote, the coaches vote, and the players vote, right? Now, mm-hmm. now take our listeners back into those uh, meeting rooms that, that, that be totally takes place after practice. Guys are tired. Guys are hungry. They slip this piece of paper in front of you and say, listen, here's the time of year where we're voting for uh, uh, Pro Bowl selections. Now, mm-hmm. take us in that, that meeting room where you guys are trying to figure out who to vote for and who not. Well, you look at, I mean, the, the uh, DBs don't vote for themselves. You know, we go in there, we vote for receivers and, um, um, you know, all, all other uh, positions, I guess. And you just look look at the whole list and like, okay, who balled out? You know, the list has your first and your second string, and then it has your third, fourth, and it has their stats. And you just look, you basically look at, okay, who balled out? You know who's balling because he's on ESPN every week. Or his name is, you know, flashing all over the place. You, you, if you're playing that team, this is somebody you need to watch out. You know, the coaches game planning, trying to make sure they do something in order to try to, you know, beat this guy, knowing that he's a good uh, player, whatever position he plays. So, you know, we as a defense, we get together and we just look at all the ballers, you know, and basically that's what an all-star team is. You know, even though I look at the NFL as a big all-star team, but these are your elite players that just excelled past everybody that year, you know, during the season. <laughs> well, come on, come on, Delta. Let me be totally honest. There are guys that get in to the Pro, Pro Bowl who really don't deserve it. I mean, they don't have all the stats, but they get, on, get in based on name. There was one year where uh, primetime, I, res- I respect this game. I respect the fact that he's been called a cover corner. But there was one year that he only had two interceptions. And there was a guy that had six or seven interceptions, but he was maybe a third, fourth year, fourth year guy. Didn't have the name or carry the name like Deion Sanders. It wasn't a household name, but uh, he didn't go to the Pro Bowl, and he should have. I mean, but what, so what do we say about that? Well, I mean, 
<laughs> Ooh, that's a good one, Nick. That's a real good one. You know, I, I've always said the same thing about, you know, certain people going off names, or their name, their household name, and they do okay, but they have this younger guy doing a lot better, but he's just you're not there yet. But, you know, that, that has a lot to do with the fans. You know, I, I mean, you get a third of the coaches, uh, a third vote is the coaches, the third votes is the players, and third votes is the uh, fans. So maybe the fans didn't want to see that guy go. Even though he balled out, he didn't get it because the fans look at, okay, well, primetime got a couple, but he shut this whole side down. So, I mean, that's what they're looking at. Even though that guy might have snagged a couple of tip balls and ended up patting his stats at the end of the game, you know how we do it, Nick. Everybody's trying to get it at the end of the game. So, you know, it could have been a Hail Mary. He could have caught like three of them that day. I mean, three of them that year. And, okay, I got five interceptions. Deion only got two. Well, Deion got them two game game time situations, game ending situations. You know, uh, it could have changed the whole outlook of the game. And that other guy, you know, not enough years, not enough uh, playing time, just getting into the game. He might have just got a couple of tip balls here and there, man. It, it, it all It's all predicated on how you got it. Then you look at, okay, if they're tied, which one is really better, you know. And Deion Sanders, his name, that's a household name. Now, that other guy, he might have been coming into his zone, but maybe not that household name, maybe not that household favorite yet. But you know Deion Sanders was. So that's probably why Deion got it. But I, I agree, there's a lot of different players that I didn't see that say, why is he going? You know what I'm saying? Why? Just because they're going to the Super Bowl, but why is he going? You know? <laughs> I, I look at that sometimes. That, I know you've it, seen it too. It sounds like a lot of hateration. I, you know, I'm going to ask him, we got Al in from uh, New York City. We're going to ask him what his take was and if you think that there's some shenanigans going on in this Pro Bowl selection process. Al, are you on the horn? Yes, I am, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? Thank you, thank you for joining the program. Thank you guys for having me. Listen, we're, we're talking about the Pro Bowl selection. Real quickly, t- tell me what you think about the Pro Bowl selection. I, well, you know, I'm not uh, a professional by any means. I do believe, though, that every sport, everything that goes on, even listening to people talk about baseball, Hall of Fame, Hall of... I think all that stuff has to do... Uh, there is a bias of fans being... Name, name, name means a lot. Listen, when you see when you see the three stripes, I don't need to tell you the brand, right? Right, right. It, it always it, it boils down to everything. I think if you if you look at it, everything comes down to: Are you familiar with it? Then it's okay. Mm-hmm. If not, I never heard of them. Ah, well, nah. Like the you mean you Sherman? They was, they were talking about Sherman all day long, right? Everybody. Oh, I'm tired of hearing about you, him. If you're not if you're not a big fan, you ain't even heard of Sherman. You never uh-huh. heard. Of him. You know right. what I mean? You have to be a real, real into it, into it fan to know about Sherman. So he comes out and says something like that. It looks kind of ignorant, but you don't know. Nobody knows. So you go on what your perception. Perception is pretty much everything. And so people, you know, all-star voting, Pro Bowl voting. Listen, there were some Pro Bowls, I'm sure, that got gypped because they weren't a household name. It's fact. That's just the way it is. I think, I think personally the players should choose amongst themselves who is the best. Period. Because they're the ones on the field with them, fighting against them, fighting with them in every sport. That's what I think. Well, well, Al, we're up against a break real quickly in about 10 seconds. 
And I know you just briefly mentioned Richard Sherman. We're, we're probably going to go in in just a, a small bit. Now, do you think, in your opinion, was it a bad thing or was it uh, maybe people blowing it out of proportion as far as what Richard Sherman did with his postgame interview? Oh, man, that's, that's, you can debate both sides forever and ever and ever, I think. I think ultimately harmless just showed a little bit of ignorance. To me, if you've got to brag about something, it ain't there. If you're telling everybody you're the best, come on, man. Let us, let us, let us see it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Hey, there it is. There it is. There it is. You heard it from Al from New York. We're right up against the break. Delta, hang with us. I want to get your take on Richard Sherman and also get your prediction for this upcoming Super Bowl matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Stay tuned. Voice America Sports, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, boy, people are fired up about this. Hey, this, this is Mario. Promo. I don't know what's going on with my mic. Well, I can hear you, Mario. Hey, Mario, Bertanzi is back into the program. Mario, what's before, up? before what's we up? went hey, to break, hey. got before we went to break, I'm going to give you, I, I went with my uh, secondary option here on the phone. So that's what we're all about here in the secondary perspective is making things work. Well, I, I tell you what, Mario, while you get your uh, work out your technical difficulties, before we went to break, we were talking to two-time pro bowler Delta O'Neill that is still on the line with us. 
and and we and people are really fired up right now on this whole topic about the Pro Bowl, and you know, I don't know what it is about this whole situation, but it really doesn't make sense. I know you know NFL is one of the biggest. Uh, branding products on the market right now in comparison to Major League Baseball and the NBA, even though they play more games and they're pretty much, you know, from a geographic standpoint, they're pretty much worldwide, but NFL still has a stronghold on its fan base and decided that they were going to change the format of how the Pro Bowl selection has taken place over the past couple of years and decide they're going to let their two Hall of Fame players, Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders decide pretty much the fate of the game by choosing and selecting uh, players. And I ask you this, Delta, as, as a guy that's been to uh, the Pro Bowl, when I look at the list of guys and how it breaks down over the two days for both Rice and Deion Sanders, and you can tell by each guy in their position that they played in NFL, you can look at how they selected, and, and that tells you the, the mind state. For instance, Jerry Rice chose Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffries, Larry Fitzgerald, and Brandon Marshall as his wide receivers. And when you look at the body type of all those guys I just named, big, strong, big physical guys. So, so I mean, what's and, and, and I'll give you for a second, bear with me. Here's Deion Sanders and here's the selection that he chose. Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, A.J. Green, and Deshaun Jackson. As a former DB, which of that receiving core would you fear the most? Name him off again. Rice chose Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffrey, Larry Fitzgerald, and Brandon Marshall. That's Team Rice. Now, Team Sanders, Antonio Brown, Dez Bryant, A.J. Green, and Deshaun Jackson. Which, which one of those rosters or wide receivers would strike fear in you as a DB? Man, you got one one side that's quick and fast, and the other that's big and tall. So... <laughs> What do we, <laughs> I, I, I would I would say you know prime time selection man because you know it's 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 gonna be a straight track meet when you have guys that can fly like that you know exactly. uh, don't you think I mean are you gonna take any consideration the quarterbacks on either side at all? Well, I mean that that is a good perspective to look at too as well. So I mean, here's, here's the thing: you got Drew Brees and Philip Rivers for the two main guys, and then Alex Smith down on the depth chart for Team Rice. So those are the guys throwing to all the big dudes, Josh Gordon, Alshon, Brandon Marshall, and Larry Fitz. On the other side, you got Andrew Luck and Cam Newton, and then at the bottom, Nick Foles. So I feel like Cam Newton is going to be more of a showtime guy. You know, he's going to show up kind of like Vic used to do uh, when he would make the Pro Bowl. He's going to run around a lot because people aren't allowed to hit him, and he's just going to throw deep balls. Andrew Mm -hmm. Luck, I I mean, I, I feel like... I feel like Rice's team is more, his quarterbacks are more uh, more willing to throw the ball around. And you look at the running backs, I mean, Team Sanders has Jamal Charles and Eddie Lacy, who I like a lot more in, you know, a game like this than, you know, a LaShawn McCoy or DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I, I think, you know, I, I, I honestly think Deion's side, of receivers is more of a. Cha- I'm, I'm not going to knock Larry Fitzgerald and all other receivers because they're big, big names, big guys, and they can play. But my expertise, I would rather deal with a tall guy than a short and fast guy. Be- I mean, yeah, I would rather deal with a tall guy than deal with a uh, short and fast guy because 
you know, them short and fast guys, if you got four of them blazing speed, I mean, you, you're going to have a, a track and field day. And it's going to leave a lot of stress and strain on you because you're going to have to help other people. So it's going to be tough. You got to look at the individuals as well. I mean, is Deshaun Jackson really going to give some sort of an effort? I mean, this guy takes plays off during the NFL season. Why would he have any reason to actually play during the Pro Bowl? And I see Des Bryant having that kind of attitude as well. I mean, they're they're professional receivers, but they're not consummate professionals, in my opinion. What do they care about this Pro Bowl game? I mean, on the other right. side, you have dudes with at least a little bit of pride that want to play. Right. I mean, I went to the Pro Bowl, and Larry Fitzgerald was on the opposite side. So, I mean, he, he works hard, but it, the feel of the Pro Bowl is always lax. I know they're trying to put this quote-unquote new formula to the Pro Bowl, but at the same time, it's still going to be lax. Nobody's going to go balls out just to get hurt for that upcoming season because it could be a contract year, it could be this. You're just going to the Pro Bowl. So it's not like it's the actual Super Bowl. It's just... You know, the Pro Bowl. So it is, in a way, going to be lax, regardless of what Dion says, regardless of what everybody thinks. It's going to be lax to a point where, okay, we're going to play this game. It's going to get competitive. Instead of we just playing on the fourth quarter, we're probably going to play the second, third, and fourth. <laughs> That's it. That's Delta, do you remember back in, like, 05, Rod Smith made the Pro Bowl? Uh, it was when he was kind of a little bit later on in his career. And Roy Williams was on the other side. And Rod Smith, of course, I mean, as you know, is a, just a dude that is going to go balls out no matter what and wants to compete in everything. And Roy Williams is kind of the same. And I remember there was a deep pass in that game. It was a little overthrown. And Roy Williams took a cheap shot at Rod. And I remember talking to Rod after that game, and he was pissed, man. He was, he was lighting up Roy Williams' phone and saying, you know, what the hell's the matter with you, man? You know, we're, we're trying to have a good time. I'm trying to put an effort, and you're going to take a cheap shot of me like that. And, I mean, they want to avoid situations like that. Because right. that, I mean, as a Bronco fan, you see that, and you see a receiver like Rod Smith who, you know, was towards the end of his career. You obviously don't want him getting hurt in a Pro Bowl. So I understand to, the, to a point where players wouldn't want to exert too much energy in this game. Right, right. And I was actually at that Pro Bowl, and I remember the exact play you're talking about. And, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, man. It's, it's all, it, it all go hand in hand. Sometimes you have guys that, you know, that really don't care, and they would rather have that highlight in the Pro Bowl. Maybe it was their first, so they're excited about going, so they're just going to try to go OZ. We call it OZ. Um, <laughs> or you're a guy like Roy Williams, and you're just a punk. <laughs> some guys are like that. Some guys, some guys are real cool. Hey, I, I know a little trash talking goes on, you know, especially if a player doesn't like another player. So if they're going up against each other, I mean, he's going to look to take heads off. So I, I, I was playing with Ray Lewis and Junior Seau in one Pro Bowl, and Terrell Owens was a receiver. But yet, you know, Terrell Owens is a prima donna. So, Terrell you know, Owens talks trash to himself, man. He will go in front of a mirror and talk for three hours. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, that Pro Bowl, um, Ray Lewis and uh, rest his soul, Junior Seau said, make him run across the middle. I am tearing his head off. That was probably <laughs> the most I've ever seen you know, in the Pro Bowl, somebody trying to go after somebody like that. I guess it was just a personal vendetta thing. 
So are we saying, <laughs> and I, I know earlier like this, this um, you know, last year, I, I mean, early last year, microphone issues and everything. So Nick, when you asked me what I thought about this Pro Bowl, obviously everything that you guys have touched upon, uh, I agree with. It, it, you can only make it so competitive, but none of these guys really care, and it's always going to be different from the Major League All-Star Game and the NBA All-Star Game because it is a collision sport. There's always a risk to get hurt, and you change the rules so the quarterback doesn't get hit, and you know there's only allowed to be so many down rushers and whatever else. But the thing that I like most about this is you're going to have professional athletes with bruised egos. Nobody wants to be the last guy picked at their position. And being the last guy picked is like, it, it brings you back. And these guys were never the nerds in gym class. These guys were never the ones with the horn rim glasses who got picked last, like right before the kid in the wheelchair. These are elite athletes. They've never gotten picked last at anything. And so I feel like it's going to give them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, especially if you have a guy like Deion Sanders and a guy like Jerry Rice, two NFL legends, picking these teams. They want to say, like, okay, you know what, I'll show you. So it's all kind of fun and games, but deep down, I feel like they're a little pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you just joined the program, we're sitting here with two-time Pro Bowler Delta Oh, Neil, if you want to get in the conversation, 888-346-9144 gets you into the conversation. Delta, I want to jump, go back for just a second. You were talking about the fact of Junior Seau and Ray Lewis telling you in that Pro Bowl, Forrest, Terrell Owens, inside. Now, I know, like a couple of years ago, there was an issue with Greg Williams and the New Orleans Saints about bounties, right? Now, uh-huh. now I don't know if any money exchanged hands, but from what, what I'm hearing now is, they told you, force this guy inside so we can get a piece of him. Do, mm-hmm. do we see a lot of that going on in the Pro Bowl? Nah, I mean, that was by far the most I've ever seen. You know, it, it was, I don't know what uh, Terrell Owens had did, but, you know, a lot of people around the league as, as a defensive player did not like him, you know, because he talked too much and he always had something to say. So, you know, a lot of a lot of players was like, man, I'm about to, I mean, it, it was legal. It wasn't no illegal stuff going on or anything like that it was just mainly let me get a tag at him send him across the middle i hope he come across the middle and every time he did he would catch the ball and duck (laughs) and you would hear ray lewis you know yell at him like yeah you better duck because i'm coming for your head you know that like he's trying to tear him up you know because he didn't i guess he had a personal vendetta with him but you know that that that's all part of football you know it's just like the clash of titans man you you get two bulls, man, and they go at it. And, you know, sometimes it's defense, sometimes it's offense. But I know that, so, Dave, so, that defense wants to tear so on head up. <laughs> so, Stan, so, Stan, with that, there was a big controversy in the NFL this weekend after the Denver Broncos played the New England Patriots. And that was the, the, the alleged uh, hit that they're saying that Wes Walker deliberately took out a quib to live. And you, you tell me what, what your thoughts, because from, from what I saw, is the normal pick rub routes that they run in those underneath patterns in the NFL, and, and usually, usually one guy runs the other. So what did you see? You know what? I didn't even catch that, man. Let me, run me through that play. Because I, you know, I okay, got my hands full my babies, man. <laughs> okay. Okay, bring, bring, bring your kids to work day it is on Thursday. Uh, so, so simply put, 
Wes Welker was trying to run the run the, uh, underneath route, and he was trying to free up uh, uh, Demarius Thomas. And basically, uh-huh. he ran the route that most wide receivers are taught to run. You run directly at that outfield shoulder of that secondary guy that's trailing, and uh-huh. he tried to free him free him up, and he freed him up, but Demarius dropped the pass. So unfortunately, uh, equipped to live. Got injured on on that play, and oh, for the second okay. year in a row, he goes out. He goes out of the game, and then the Broncos win. So, so I mean, is it fair to say that that was a dirty play, or is that something that happens on occasion? And and it felt like we were talking about the Pro Bowl incident, and you know, Sayal and Lewis telling you, "Hey, force, you know, to our own inside, so we can get a take a shot on it." Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's part of the game, man. That that. I don't think Wes Walker is a baller, man. He he's the type of guy that is very competitive, just like a Heinz Ward. You know, I don't think his his block or his you know trying to trying to block somebody from proceeding, trying to catch up to a receiver. I think he was just doing his job, and you know, unfortunately for uh, for him, he just got hurt. So, well, I know Wes Walker. He's not that type of guy. He's not a dirty guy. He he's he's. 100 up and down, man. He just want to play football. He want to ball out and play the sport. He has no, no, no personal vendettas like that, at least as far as I know. All right, and I know you got uh, some where to some where to be. You got to pick up the kids and and grab the girl from the I'm airport good, good, quickly. Man. You're good. Okay. Well, he's going to stick around with us, ladies and gentlemen. That's two-time Pro Bowler and Denver Broncos and Cincinnati Bengals. Delta O'Neill joining the program with us uh, uh, now. And then Delta, there's some other just a former Denver Broncos cornerback. Uh, in a couple <laughs> weeks, Delta, you can go back to being former Bengals and Broncos corner. But right now, man, you never played for the Bengals. You were Broncos all the way. Wait, wait a minute, Mario. You got to give you got to give the give him some credit because one of those Pro Bowls of the two Pro Bowls was in a Bengals jersey. So you got to give him credit for that. No, not. hey, hey, I give him credit, Nick, but I'm saying, like, you didn't play your whole career in Denver, neither did Delta, but for the next week and a half, y'all, you guys played your entire <laughs> career in Denver for all, everybody knows you live in Denver, you bleed orange and blue, that's all we really need to concern ourselves with right now. In a couple of weeks, you, you, you can have your normal lives back. <laughs> okay, okay, well, now, now let me agree. ask this I question. I totally agree with that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that uh, was all right, for Nick. Delta's on board, man. Get on, get on the Bronco train right now, brother. Yeah, that that hey, was I'm my not saying that. So I always, you know, whenever they play an old team like the Patriots, you know, I'm always like I'm in between. I, you know, I love the Broncos and I love the Patriots and I love the Bengals because they, you know, they they welcome me in basically. But definitely, the Listen. Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. I wish I was still playing. Man, I wish I was still there playing. That would be a beauty, a bang of beauty. Champ. Oh, so you know, Delta, if it was Blancos-Bengals in the AFC Championship game, uh, are you wearing orange and blue or orange and black? You know what? I'm going to uh, put a jersey on. I'm put no, a man, just remember, and for the I'm next not, week and a half, you didn't play for the Bengals. That was a trick question. I don't think Seattle can can manage. So, yeah, so, that, that so right now, exactly what's going to happen. You are absolutely correct. 
I don't think they can. So, so right him. now, strong man, he's too Delta strong. O'Neal, Delta O'Neal has gone on the record by saying that the Broncos are going to win win that game. You don't think that that the the Seattle Seahawks can match up with the Broncos because you got the top leading offense versus the top leading defense. Right, right. I mean, I I think more so of experience. There's a lot more experience on that offense rather than it being on that defense. And then on top of that, I like Seattle. I like Richard Sherman. I like their defense. I like what they bring to the table. But, you know, eh, you're going up against my team. So I, I, I can never say, yeah, okay, they have a better squad, so they're going to win. I, I can't say that. Even if Denver didn't have a better squad, which they do, but even if they didn't, I still would not admit that. And then on top of that, Richard Sherman went to Stanford. I don't like Stanford. <laughs> I'm a uh, cow guy, uh, <laughs> you know. But there it is. Delta O'Neill said, well, he's a cow guy, so he doesn't root for Stanford uh, individuals, <laughs> and he's going on the records by saying the Broncos – Win that game. Delta, thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can get you on the show next Thursday and just kind of give more detail, insightful information on the matchups that that are going to take place. Once again, that is two-time Pro Bowler for the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. Delta O'Neill joining the program. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Vic Lombardi, Denver sportscaster for CBS 46 and see what's happening in the Mile High City and how they're getting prepared for one of the biggest games in team history, right up after the break. So what what are y'all predicting? The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Wow, you know, that, that was great, Mario, having a uh, two-time Pro Bowl and Delta O'Neal playing both for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos joining us 
on Voice America Sports. It, it was awesome getting his input. And the fact that he told that story about Junior Seau and Ray Lewis. Oh, man, I, I love that story. Tara Owens. Yeah, Anytime someone story. wants to take out T.O., man, I'm, I'm on board. Oh, well, see, come on now. We, we, we don't mean, promote that I'm sorry. I'm on sorry. this program. Yeah, okay. All right? Okay, whatever you want to say once we get off air, that, that that's fine. But we're not going to promote that type of behavior. No, even of though course I not. Know it's sometimes just, you know, it's just Owens mouth sometimes getting Anybody trouble. listening who may be related to T.O. or T.O., if you're listening, hey, call in, man. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go blow for blow. That's fine. Or if you want to defend T.O. <laughs> or, you know, we can get at that on Twitter because, Nick, we, we, we still got a lot of stuff to talk about. What we do, and you know, here's something I want to throw out to you, and we're going to go to what, uh, jump into it really, really early. Uh, let's get into our real talk segment. I really love this one. This is where Mario gets really fired up, all right? Real now, talk. feel free to join in into real talk, hashtag real talk on Twitter at Mile High Mario and at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. Real talk. Here we go. Richard Sherman postgame interview. And we talked a little bit about it with Delta O'Neill. Big deal or overblown? Real talk, this is a big deal, and here's why. Richard Sherman, we all know the kind of person that he is. We all know that he is very educated. So when you take this education that he had at Stanford, you know he's an intelligent human being. But then you see the kind of post-game interview he had with Aaron Andrews and the kind of post-game interview that he had with everybody talking to him. And you know what, Nick? I'm going to give him a pass on that, and here's why. He just made the play to send his team to a Super Bowl. You go ahead and celebrate, young man. You deserved it. But when you go into the locker room, Nick, when you go take a shower, when you go put your clothes on and you are cooled down, you must give credit where credit is due, and you must give mutual respect. He got up on the podium, and before he was asked anything, he was already attacking Michael Crabtree. As if he hadn't done enough. He slapped him on the behind right after that play. And then he came out and said, oh, I was just telling him, hey, good play, man. Good game. Good season. Good try. B.S., Mr. Ferguson. There is no way Dick Sherman, the man that talks more trash than anybody in the NFL, is going to say something nice to a person that he genuinely does not like. The biggest problem I have with it, if you are the greatest of all time, you don't need to say it. Everybody else will. How many times did Jerry Rice come out and say he was the greatest of all time? How many times did Joe Montana or John Elway come out and say they're the greatest of all time? And if we're going to keep it here in Denver, how many times has legend Champ Bailey said he was the greatest quarterback of all time? Champ has never said a damn word about himself in his life. This is a problem. If you're the greatest, let other people say it for you. Real talk. All right. Last in our Real Talk segment. Cleveland Browns and their long search for a head coach still hasn't happened yet. Coaches are just turning his job down right and left. Real talk. What's your thoughts? Real talk, Nick. If they called you right now and said, Nick Ferguson, we would like you to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns, would you take it? Absolutely not, Nick. Let me tell you why. Because you are living pretty. You are loving your life. You're with your beautiful wife and your beautiful kids and your wonderful life. Why would you pack all of that up and move them to Cleveland? You wouldn't because that is one of the worst places to live. And I can say that because I have family there and they tell me that all the time. If you are a coach in the NFL right now, whether it be a lowly assistant or an offensive coordinator, or if you're in uh, as a college coach, 
That is a job you want to stay away from. The guy that they just fired, Chadzinski, it was after his first year. He was on, like, his seventh-string quarterback. They traded away what they perceived to be their franchise running back. What do they have going for them other than Josh Gordon, who they were almost going to trade? Are you really going to fire this guy after? You can't control injuries. You can't control the fact that the franchise gives you no narrow quarterback to put on the field. You absolutely don't take this job because it proves there's no job security. So what they, what they should do, they should uh, pull out just like varsity blues. Let the team coach themselves. Real talk. <laughs> well, that was our Real Talk segment this Thursday. Joining us on the line, 27-time Emmy Award winner, Denver sportscaster from CBS. You can find him at Vic Lombardi. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome into the program, Vic Lombardi. Vic has won so many Emmys, he just uses them as paperweights now. <laughs> Vic, how's What's it up, going? What's up, homie? How you guys doing? What's up, Vic? We're, we're, we're doing great, Vic, man. You, you know what? Here's something I wanted, wanted to uh, talk to you about. I saw this picture online with you and President Obama at the Denver Athletic Club. Mm-hmm. One... How did that happen? And two, were you really physical in the paint with the president? Well, it was just by chance, Nick. I I work out there, and one night, this was before the Democratic Convention here in town years ago, before his first presidency, and I was just working out there, and next thing you know, I see all these secret service, and I'm like, what the hell? Did I get arrested for something? What's going on? And one of them (laughs) says, hey, uh, Senator Obama's here and wants to play basketball. If you have any friends that want to play pickup, we have five guys. I'm like, okay. So I went up to the gym and, and got, I mean, went up to the weight room, got five guys. They were all like, yeah, right, you're, you're high. What, what, what are you talking about? And got down there, and we played basketball for like two hours straight, man. It was great. So the next wow. time we came to town, we Rick was under back. the impression that this mafia pass had caught up with him, and they were taking him in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, you know, wow. he's really, pretty good. He's pretty good baller. I mean, he's doesn't have much of a jumper, but he's pretty crafty inside, and you could tell a lot about a human by the way they play basketball, their characteristics, their traits, and all that. He's a leader, a born leader, because he was huddling the team up after games and stuff. It was pretty funny. Were Vic wow, on Vic his loved- team, or did he bring his own guys? Oh, no, he was just his Secret Service guys and a couple of his staff members against a bunch of us, a bunch of us thugs. So who, who won the game? Well, to be honest, we did, because I don't think they were used to the altitude. Plus, I had to have one of my best shooting nights of my life. Absolutely lit it up. Probably never you, have that you, again. You picked okay, a good night to do it, man. Sir? Well, if you just joined the program, we are joined by Vic Lombardi, Denver sportscaster for CBS 46. I mean, we're on the cusp of a, of a huge game that's coming up between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Now, you, you've been in Denver all your life. You, you go back and you work your dream job with CBS 46, you've seen the best and the worst that the team has to offer. Do you think that this is a team that's destined to be a Seattle defense that seemed to be primed defensively to just kind of run through this Broncos uh, offense? Well, you know, um, Nick, I I don't believe too much in destiny and all that stuff because any team that wins, they can point to destiny after the fact and say, yeah, it was destiny, whatever. I just think the better team wins with the better game plan. And if uh, the Broncos can how to move the ball with their crossing patterns and 
rub plays and all that business without turning it over, and that's the key, man. If they don't turn it over, they win this game. If they lose the turnover battle against the uh, the best takeaway team in the NFL, a team that thrives off creating turmoil on the defensive side, then the advantage goes to Seattle. So that's what it comes down to, in my opinion, is keep keep track of the football, take care of the football, and extend drives. So they didn't have a single turnover against New England. They won the game with relative ease. Well, as a guy that covers... Are you out in New York yet? No, I'm leaving... No, uh, I'm not in New New York. I mean, if you you wanted to, like, bring an intern or, like, a ride-along, that you let me know. I'll clear my schedule. You want no part of mine (laughs) at 8 degrees, brother. Trust me. Vic, Vic, as a guy that covers the the, the Broncos, and it's been a lot of talk about this in the media, you know, if Peyton Manning and the Broncos don't win this game, does it tarnish... The season, does it tarnish his legacy at all? You know, I heard Shannon Sharp say this. I love Sharpie. He, he said, if Peyton Manning wins this Super Bowl, he'll be regarded as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And it's a pretty sweeping statement based on one game. I mean, think about it. How can one game of hundreds of football games, one game, define your legacy? How, how is that possible that you can go well, because from... Because if he, if he loses... Then he goes to one and two in the Super Bowl, and he still has one less than Eli. And I know Eli will never be near the quarterback that he is, but unfortunately we live in a time where your success as a quarterback, a lot of it is graded on whether or not you have a Super Bowl. So do you really think that Peyton Manning wants his legacy to go down as one of the greatest all-time regular season quarterbacks, but when he gets into the postseason, right now he's at 11-11. Like for well, his career, I don't believe in the playoffs. I just obviously got to take into consideration all the first round buys, but that is a playoff record. If he loses this, goes under five hundred for both the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So I think that's why people are putting such a stake in it. If Eli had never won one, I think this is a completely different discussion. But he's won two, and he can't yeah. win two Super Bowls than his much less talented, mouth-breathing little brother. Now, Vic, just kind of finish what you were saying when we talk about just the legacy of Peyton Manning and whether that will stay intact or will he go down in history as being a quarterback that had all the twos, got his team there, but just couldn't close the deal. Yeah, I just, I just think that Manning's legacy is safe, win or lose this game. And that's all debatable on who you think is the greatest quarterback of all time. That's the beauty of sports. We can debate it. There's no surefire winner. I mean, one person can say... Uh, Joe Montana, another person could say Elway, another person could say Johnny Unitas, another person could say Peyton Manning, you'd all be right. Who cares? You know, it's, well, that's the, isn't it thing. like dependent on the position? I mean, isn't it pretty widely regarded that Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time? Is there really going to be a legitimate argument against him? I mean, people want Peyton Manning to get to that kind of status where, okay, yeah, Johnny Unitas was great, Joe Montana was great, John Elway was great. But Peyton Manning did everything better than everybody. What do you mean people want him? It's not going to affect my life as he gets to that status. Is it going to make your life so much better if the Broncos win the Super Bowl and he gets two, Vic? You know that's true. Well, of course. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not wanting the Broncos to win, but I'm talking about legacies here. I'm talking about like one's legacy is not going to impact my life or yours. Why are people so hung up on legacies? Who cares? No, I'm just saying... You know, I mean, he, the whole Hall of Fame thing is another one. I mean, so let me get this straight. We got a bunch of writers who are in charge of determining who the greatest of all time are. 
So guys, guys who just sit around and throw stats and research and, and shoot the crap in a room, they're, they're supposed to tell us who the greatest of all time. They're supposed to tell me that, that Terrell Davis is not a Hall of Famer, that Louis Wright, one of the best corners I've ever seen in the history of the game, who played in Denver, he's not a Hall of Famer. Listen, that's, that's their opinion. My opinion might be different, but their opinion seems to hold more water because it, it comes with a jacket, a urine-colored jacket. I just think that whole thing's a sham. I've never been a big fan of the Hall of Fame, legacies, awards. Everybody's got an opinion. You could spin it however you want. I understand, that's man. Vic Lombardi, that's Vic Lombardi from CBS 46 giving his take on the Pro Bowl legacy and the Hall of Fame. Uh, Vic, thank you for joining the program, man. It's always a pleasure Hopefully, leading up into Super Bowl weekend when you're on Radio Row, maybe we can steal you for a couple of minutes to jump back on to give us your take on who will end up being victorious in the game. Vic, thank you once again for joining the program. Thank you, boys. Take care, man. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Vic. All right. Now, now I have to say this uh, before we get out of here. Uh, I do agree with Vic that, you know, it is a pageant and popularity is just like, you know, being voted or elected prom queen is based on, you know, popularity. And it is somewhat of a sham because when I look at what the Pro Bowl is, when I look at what Hall of Fame is, when you, especially the Hall of Fame, when a guy like Ed DeBarlow Jr., his, he, he still has been nominated for the Hall of Fame, I, I still don't understand why. And, and if you, someone is in the media and they have, they've been debtors against him, they didn't like him, he didn't speak to them, whatever it is. It's not That's about exactly that. It's all about issue, man. That's a great person. point. It's a popularity contest. It's too bad. Yeah, and it's, it should be about the person's body of work. And in his, in his case, what he did with the San Francisco 49ers. But we see this happen all the time. And it's not the person that, uh, that's, that is doing the best job that always gets the job. It's always the popularity contest. But hopefully uh, this will, will, will change in the near future. Uh, Mario, we're about to get out of here. But next week, Huge show, huge guest as we break down the NFL and its biggest game of the season as it comes to a close. You can find Mario at Mile High Mario, and you can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25 if you want to continue the conversation. VoiceAmericaSports.com, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, have a stupendous weekend. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.